Luke 7 and 36, and said, one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. Somebody got an invitation to the table. Yep. A lot of times we talk about things in lives like, well, what do you bring to the table? And so he's invited to the Pharisee's house, and he goes to eat with him. And I don't know, maybe that's where we as apostolics get it. We get a whole lot of going to the table. Hallelujah. <laughs> and he sat down to meet, and behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself saying, This man... Now remember, you invited him to the house. So if you start questioning him, you're going to start questioning your own integrity a little bit too. Huh? This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touches him. For she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto Simon... Do you ever just have that? You're thinking things in your mind, and then all of a sudden God just speaks through the preacher and is like, oh, since you were thinking about this, let me answer you out loud. Is this all right? This is just me, okay? <laughs> uh, it, I mean, he hasn't voiced this. He said it was within himself, and he said, Simon, I've got somewhat to say unto thee. And then being a good church man, he was like, amen, say on. Master, say on. Uh, and he said, there was a certain creditor which had two debtors. One owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. You know, I don't care how good you think you are, how bad you thought you were. None of us could do anything to help ourselves. Just when we couldn't pay. Huh? He frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them love him the most? And Simon answered and said, I suppose. Well, you was dealing in definites a little while ago here, Simon. You knew everything a few moments ago. Huh? He said, I suppose he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, you finally judged something right, buddy. Thou hast rightly judged, and he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, See, thou, this woman, I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she's washed my feet with her tears, wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came, has not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil you didn't anoint, but this woman anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, 
Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? Don't tell me he can't do it. Don't you even try to tell me he can't do it. And he said unto the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Hallelujah. Would you lift your hands and ask him to help us today? God, we come to you right now. I've felt your holy touch. God, would you come through this place right now and do your work today? Nobody can touch us like you can, Jesus. We're coming to you with our hearts open today, ready for you to do the work in us that you desire to do. You're here to forgive sins. You're here to raise up. God, you're here today to calm the spirit. You're here to speak peace. In the name of Jesus, somebody right now, you don't have to go any further in this service. He can touch you right now. Don't tell me he can't do it. Don't tell me he can't do it. Oh, come on, I think we ought to just entertain his presence a little bit right here. It's not needful that I preach, but it is needful that he touches us. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. God, in your great name, in your great name, that name above every name, Jesus. Come on, would you lift your voice one more time? Let's talk to him. Let's talk to him, Jesus. You know where we stand today. You know who's touching you. Lord, you know who's come up behind you and is at your feet today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Speak your word to us. Speak your power into us, God. Let the glory of heaven come right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I do feel him here right now. Isn't, isn't it awesome to feel the presence of the Lord? Praise God. God isn't so much interested. Let me begin with this statement. heard a while back, and I thought it was so good, I just adopted it and incorporated it, and probably going to preach a little bit about it today. The statement was made, God isn't so much interested in what you bring to the table, but what you leave at the altar. Huh? We live in a world where it's so much the, the focus is on, on, on just what somebody can do. We enter into relationship or uh, business engagements or whatever. It's what's going to be offered to me. It's what, what is this, how is this going to advance me? And, and uh, it's, it's, and not only that, but just what is brought to the table. We, we look for those places where we come or those that come with talents and abilities or things that we would deem to be the, uh, the necessities of, of whatever the situation is. Uh, but it's not always just the talent that you bring. I remember when I used to play sports, uh, it was, they would 
drill it into us. It's not just the talent that you have, but it's also what beats in your chest. How much heart are you going to put into it? You, you may have ability and you may have skills and, and you've, got this, you've got this set of talents, but uh, how much of the talent are you actually willing to just leave uh, on the playing field? Uh, what are you willing to put out there? Because it doesn't matter what you uh, bring to the table. It's what you leave at the altar. It's all right to preach to us for a little bit. We go back in the Old Testament. Come with me for a little bit, and I'll try to hurry today. Uh, I don't want to let good intentions go astray. All right? Um, I plan to be just short and get it done real quick, so let's... We'll try to hurry that way. But let's go back and look at in the Old Testament. We read, we find out there's a, into a family, there's a couple boys that are born, one by the name of Esau. Everybody heard of Esau before? And uh, Esau and the other brother was Jacob. And uh, Jacob may not have had position, but he did have heart. Uh, he had desire for spiritual things. He may not have had spiritual inside track, but he did have spiritual desire. Come on, it was the firstborn. That's where the, the rite of passage and all these things went to. But there was something in, in Jacob that he desired things. And uh, I don't need to take a big, long time on the story, but you know as to how time went on. Uh, uh, Jacob, he, he, probably was, he probably was skilled with things. And folks that can do things with skill is always impressive, is it not? I mean, I was looking at some, he, uh, your pastor was showing me, a, a, somebody was showing me, who was that was showing me the tree trunk that was cut down. No, that wasn't your pastor, somebody. I'm getting old, everything flows together. Somebody taken a tree trunk and carved into it and covered it over. Uh, oh, I know where it was now. I'm, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, man, skill, folks that have talent and skill, it's impressive to me because they don't have much. So when somebody's got it, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I can even say it backwards. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I look at that, and, and it must have been some of those things in, in Jacob. Jacob was, he was skilled in some ways. Have I lost y'all? He had talents. I mean, this guy, he could do impressions. Uh-huh. Yes, he could, especially when his mama was teamed up with him and helping him. Man, she could, she done all the wardrobe for him. And then he rolled in to do the impression and he's putting on his best Esau. <laughs> and, and he rolls in and, and he feeds his dear old daddy, does he not? And and he gets a blessing put on him. Now, it was, it was kind of conniving. There's none of us that uh, could deny that. But it's not, uh, you, you see, there was, there was the skill that he had. And not only, it, it, he done things. Man, Jacob pulled off things that I didn't even know was biologically or whatever possible. Y'all want to talk about that for a little bit? <laughs> But, but he, he wiggles his way in there and worms his way in and he gets the blessing that was supposed to be going to Esau. At least, uh, you know, it's pronounced over him. These things are, are going to be there because his skill, it gets him to a certain place. Uh, but his skill also got him in trouble because when Esau hears this, he's like, you know what? When I get a hold of you, Jacob, uh, 
huh? I'm going to turn you ever which way but loose. You just wait. When daddy dies, it's like. Come on, don't act like it isn't in your Bible. Huh? And so what did Jacob do? He took off in the middle of the night. He's just out of there. He's like, gone. He's like, uh, uh, you're going to kill me. You're going to have to catch me. And, and he's gone, man. He's out of there. And he rolls into some place. I don't know. He just kind of showed up in a church service, it seemed like. Huh? He wasn't really planning. You say, oh, it wasn't a church service. All I know is he laid. He got in a place and was going to go to sleep. Some folks go to church to go to sleep. And, and there in the middle of the night, Sunday morning, Sunday school time, all right, the heavens open, this ladder stretches down up to heaven, and all night angels are just coming and going up and down the ladder. And, and, and Jacob, man, he's just there. And uh, huh? he wakes up in the morning, and he's like, whoa, that was quite a service. Go mark this place. There might be a day that my skill fails me, and when it does, I better remember where this house is. Huh? I got stuff I want to do right now, but there may be a day that I may actually need this place. So, uh, and he gathers together the stones that he'd used for a pillow and marks the place and, uh, and kind of makes it a memorial. Uh, and he calls it, he said, this uh, is the house of God. This is a, he said, this is the very gate. Come on. Now, I've, I've watched folks come to church and they're like, maybe not ready to live for God right at that moment. But they build a little monument. It's like, man, I ain't never been to church like this in all my life. I may need this someday, so I'm going to build a little monument. And so he builds this, and uh, he leaves out of there and goes on still uh, practicing, still living by what he brings to the table, uh, still living by the skill set that life has got for him. He rolls into the house of Laban. Y'all remember that story? Uh, and he works for him. Uh, and, and he's there because he saw one of his daughters, and he's wanting to get married. You know, all that stuff. Worked seven years, and then he gets a little trickery pulled on him. So he signs up for seven more to get the one that he wants. Y'all acting like this ain't in your Bible or something. Huh? But in the course of things, he's like, since I'm here and I'm working, I'm going to come up with a little plan. And, uh, and he tells him, he's like, you know what? Every cow, every, every animal here is all solid color. This is where I'm telling you, he pulled off things that I didn't even know was possible. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And, and he makes this deal with Laban. He said, if it's spotted or striped, it's mine. If it's solid color, it's yours. Laban's like, I'm in on that. Everything around here is solid color. Huh? But man, when them cows was fixing to give birth, he's got them over there at the watering hole looking at... at uh, at poles that he's put in place that he's striped them all up and down and they're looking at that and when they have a cow, they have a little calf, it's spotted. I don't know how it works. I'm just telling you it's in the Bible. Don't you tell me it can't happen. <laughs> uh, and, the, and all 
this stuff until all of a sudden there's more stuff that's his. But he rolls out of there. You know why? Because all of the things that he's possessed, what he brought in, what he brings to the table, he's been living by. But it's not what you bring to the table that's going to count. It's what you leave at the altar. He's been there where that place where those pillars were. He's got boys that are every bit as troubled as him. When he looks in his family, there is trouble all around. But he said, I'm going to arise and go back to Bethel. I'm going to go back. I remember, I remember feeling something. I remember something coming on me. I remember a touch. I remember a glory. I remember that there's something beyond me and I've got to have that. And he goes back. He's headed back to Bethel. Come on, when he gets when he's on his way back there, you'll remember the story. Man, he's on his way and he's got everything loaded up. He is needing something to change his life because he's still going to have to deal with the problem that's been there since the beginning. And that is Esau. I'm telling you, can I preach to us today? You can run from your problems. You can run from situations. You can try to mask him over with your talent. You can try to get by them by whatever human means you want to come up with. But money's not going to solve your problem. Come on, skills is not going to get it done. Somewhere you've got to get back to an altar. Somewhere you've got to get back to a Bethel and say, God, I need you to touch me and touch me today. Hallelujah. I gotta, I gotta hurry. Yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't want to dishonor this pulpit. Uh, may go on astray in time, but let me hurry uh, and tell you he's headed that way. Uh, he puts everything out there. Uh, but man, he's out, he gets across the brook by himself. Uh, and he's out there and he's got these problems that's still in his world that his skill can't solve. Uh, come on, and all his possessions haven't taken care of. Uh, and all of the things he's done has not, uh, has not done anything to, to really satisfy the big problem uh, and that was Esau but he crosses over that brook uh, and man uh, I tell you what I, I don't know to my knowledge I've never seen an angel well well one <laughs> better cover that real quick <laughs> um, get back to preaching here But Jacob knew what they looked like because he'd had an experience with a whole ladder. And he's across that brook and he sees one straggler. Remember that story? He jumped out there and latched hold of that angel and said, you're not getting out of here. Huh? And man, they roll and they fuss and they gouge and the angel's saying, turn me loose. And Jacob saying, ain't going to let you go. Ain't going to let you go. <laughs> the angel's saying, turn me loose. Turn. When it's all settled and, man, it's really, the day is breaking and he's like, look, the day is coming and you're going to run like you always have. Jacob, he's like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. No, it's not what I bring. To, I recognize it's not what I bring to the table. It's what I leave at the altar. And that day he left it all. Huh? And the angel reaches and touches him in the thigh. Am I making sense to anybody today? I said, well, you read some scriptures out of the New Testament. Now you're preaching out of the old. Give me a minute. I'm, I won't get there, all right? 
y'all getting anxious. But he touches him in the hollow of his thigh and tries up that, that marrow, that sinew, and he's just, he comes hobbling out of there. And his running skill set is gone. What he's always counted on has now become more of a handicap than it ever was a liability. Uh, it's a more a liability, excuse me, than it ever was an asset. Uh, and he is there. He is there. He comes back to his whole family, but now he's ready to meet Esau. Huh? And not only that, but you look at the rest of his life. What does he have? His name got changed. You're not Jacob no more. What does Jacob mean? I know we know it means worm, surplanter, but you really get looking and right, the base definition of it all was sinner. And there's no big eyes and little U's in the house today. There's one thing that we all had in common. We all could say sinner. <laughs> huh? Come on now. There's a whole lot of other things that may, you know, categorize us and put us in little groups. Huh? But man, there is one word that covers all, and that is sinner. And he was a sinner. But he said, you're not going to be known as sinner anymore. I'm changing your name today. Because you left, you left sinner at the altar. You left, you left those things. You'd always depended on what you brought to the table. But today, uh, the difference is made by what you left at the altar. Come on, let me tell you, there's folks that have faced horrible things in their past, uh, things that they didn't ask for, uh, abuses and, uh, and things that have handicapped them, it seems, for life. Uh, but they're always trying to struggle and bring the, the things that are their assets to the table. But let me tell you, what God wants to do today uh, is touch you uh, so you don't have to live with the old torments of yesterday. Oh, can I preach to somebody today a little bit uh, and tell you uh, that all of the things of yesterday Yesterday and all the stuff that's been your problem. Uh, come on, don't worry what you're bringing to the table. Just bring the other stuff and leave it at the altar today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He gets up from that place. Yeah, he's walking different. Uh, he's not dependent on his skill set anymore. Uh, but you know what? His kids are raised different. Do you, you know what he has for kids after this point? Uh, come on, he has a Joseph. Uh, he's got a dream. Where there is no vision, what happened? Uh, people perish. But now uh, he's got a dream in his life. Uh, uh, the, days, uh, the days when old Jacob, or his name's Israel now, he's looking around still wondering how it's going to get done. That's about the time that Joseph comes rolling in and says, Dad, you would believe it. I had this dream last night. Uh, come on. And what did it say? It said, and Israel marked the boy. Uh, he was like, uh, Jacob looked at him and said, man, I'll tell you what, I don't know all about his dream, but he marked it. Tell you what, God, uh, when you leave things at the altar, he'll give you back your dream. 
Can I wander out here and preach to us a little bit today? I'm preaching to some folks. You feel like all hope is gone in your world. Uh, You feel like things is lost. Uh, Come on, but I'm telling you today at the house of God, get back to Bethel. uh, And it's not what you bring to the table. uh, It's what you will leave uh, at the altar. I don't know how long I've been, but I've got to hurry and close. But he goes out of there. It's not just, it's not just Joseph. It's not just a dream. But then he's got another boy. What's the other boy's name? Benjamin, son of my right hand or power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the utmost part of the earth. Let me tell you what, too many times as a religious folks, we're more worried and concerned about what we bring to the table uh, than what we've been leaving at the altar. My God, I'm telling you, at 2 o'clock in the morning, I was weeping in the motel room, and that's not like me. Uh, I, I, I was... It's just not me, but uh, there was something got on to me when God was speaking this to my spirit, and I I feel like I left some things uh, at that altar the other night myself, so I'm not preaching to you uh, things that don't apply to me. Uh, A good message is one that is born uh, in the heart of the speaker, Uh, not just something you talk about, but something that's actually been there. Uh, I don't want to go back uh, to just live in the same old way. Uh, I want to leave some things at the altar on this Sunday morning uh, when they started singing uh, the song this morning don't tell me uh, don't you tell me that he can't do it don't you tell me uh, because he uh, has promised that he's going to endure you with power from on high hallelujah 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 oh help us Jesus uh, Hallelujah. And so here, uh, there's other things that I want to talk about, but for sake of time, we'll just, we'll we'll cut them out. We could talk about Solomon and and all the stuff that he brought to the table. I said I was going to leave it out, but I'm just touching it and going by, all right? A house uh, that is so magnificent in splendor. When the queen of Sheba sees it, she's speechless. Spirit goes from her. Something that was so, I mean, you want to talk about a skill set. Well, a house that was designed and the pieces was built. Y'all got stuff from Ikea before, right? <laughs> Amazing how it is like, oh, this is just three easy steps to put this together. It's like, I don't know what, how, what you're counting by, but that wasn't three easy steps for me. It was like... But he built a house that was so magnificent when all the pieces came together. No chisel, no hammer. Huh? The gold, the splendor of the place was, was unbelievable. He brought a lot to the table. But it wasn't what he brought to the table that counted. It's what he left at the altar. Because when it came to the altar and they got offering sacrifice and they got to praise the Lord... Huh? Come on now. All of a sudden, God just got so overwhelmed, he just filled the house with his glory. And there's a little priest that couldn't even do what they came to do anymore. They're bumping into each other like, hey, we can't get this done. Let's just have church. Huh? Come on now. And God speaks and says, you know what? I'm going to look on this place forever. And no matter where you are, if you look at this place, It's a Bethel. It's a house of God. Am I making any sense to anybody today? 
You need a, we all need a Bethel. We all need to say we've got the church, but I'm, I'm talking about something beyond the church. I'm talking about an altar that you build. Uh, and the place you build it may seem to be in strange territory. Because here is this Pharisee that sets a big meal in place. And he invites Jesus and a bunch of other folks, and they're all there. We read it, did we not? But then there's this woman from the city that when she knew he was there, huh? skill set, I don't know what she offered. Y'all with me? All the other stuff, all the other things that she could do or couldn't do in life, we don't know much about. Just said a woman from the city that was a sinner. When you said that, I connect. Okay, now you've told me about it. Which that's, and while everybody else is bringing stuff to the table, she comes up behind him. And starts just pouring out to I don't, I don't know the pain that was in that woman's life, but I know the desire got bigger than the pain, and it got bigger than all of the criticism. Huh? And desire went beyond what's somebody going to think about me. It went beyond, but I've not been invited. I'm not sure I'm welcome. It went beyond all of that. She's like, I don't, I don't care. It wasn't about an invitation or VIP. I don't care if there's a chair for me at the table. I wasn't going to the table. I'm, I'm going to the altar. And there at the altar, she just drenches his feet with her tears. And while they're stuffing their mouth and getting fat and sassy, are we still allowed to use those words? Predominantly sassy. Huh? They're still, they, they still just, you know, mowing down. If I can use, oh boy, I really dated myself on that one. Huh? They're just stuffing it in there. They're looking back there at hers like if, this VIP guy, if he knew who was touching him right now. And she just keeps on weeping, drying his feet, probably being a little bit apologetic. I'm sorry. I've waited for this. And then she's got this alabaster and she breaks it and the aroma fills the room, but I'm telling you what she left at the altar was no comparison to what she took home. You may only have a bottle of tears to bring to the table, but those left at his feet will transform your life. God, I feel this today. I really do. 
Somebody, somebody this week, you've been crying some tears. I know it. I feel it in my spirit. Wondering how your life is ever going to be transformed. It's not your skill set. It's what you leave at that altar. And no doubt she's getting up apologetically like I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt all of this celebration. But when he looks at her, what does he say? Thy sins are forgiven thee. No matter how big or how small your debt is today, we get the same. We get a universal salvation. Jude said in writing, he said, I fear that even as Satan beguiled Eve through his subtlety that we would be corrupted from the simplicity of the gospel. What was the simple gospel? Is Nicodemus, unless a man, a woman is born again of the water and the spirit, they cannot enter it. It's real simple. You don't have to be intelligent to understand that. Come on now. You don't have to have all kinds of degrees to get that. Hallelujah. You just got to come to the altar. And he said, I say unto her, Jesus said to the woman, he said, I say unto thee, uh, your sins, which were many, they're forgiven. Uh, and there was something about it. She just fell in love. Uh, oh, there was desire that brought her there, but there's a love that so springs out. Uh, he said to her, thy sins uh, are forgiven thee. Uh, and those that sat at meat, they're still missing out uh, on something so powerful. They're saying within themselves, uh, who is this that forgives sins also? Uh, let me tell you who it is. It's the same one that can help you today. Uh, come on, the same one that can get drugs out of your system uh, can get bitterness out of your spirit. The same one that can get alcoholism out of your character come on can also get hatred out of your heart the same one the same one I'm done would you stand with me thy sins he turned to the woman he said thy faith has saved thee go in peace I wonder today, I'm, I'm closing, I've just got you all standing. I wonder today if there's anybody would just like to leave out of the service and go in peace. Uh, he said, my, my peace I give, my peace I leave, not as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled. Huh? He said, you believe, uh, he, it's time to believe in him. Time to come to Him with all of our hearts. I'm telling you, God's wanting to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost today. Somebody you've came with just, you've came with just stacks, sacks full of guilt and torment from days behind you. Shame for things that you had nothing, really nothing to do with. There's times there's a, the abuse of this world and what sin does to people. Come on now. Not all of it is just self-inflicted. I tell you what, there's a whole lot of things in this world, predators that'll take advantage. And I gotta let me back up and touch on that again. Things that'll try. Don't just look at it and think it's somebody else. These things will try to take advantage of you and I. 
And if you're dependent on your skill set to deliver you, you're going to find out like Jacob. There's a whole lot of stuff that will steal your dreams and your power. But if you ever go to the altar, I'm wondering if anybody wants to join me at the altar right now.